0: Hello, this is Léa again, your Brussels-based French journalist covering EU affairs. Actually, I have again left Brussels for Prague this time, as I have decided to attend the first meeting of the European Political Community, or EPC as some already call it. In a previous podcast, I had already investigated the EU's enlargement strategy and some people had hinted that a forum like the EPC could help break the deadlock in this matter. So, of course, I was quite curious to see what this new forum would be exactly. So I booked my tickets and went to Prague, and I'm taking you back there for this episode. There wouldn't have been a nicer place to invite 44 European countries in the Czech Republic. The Prague Castle stands on a hill that oversees the old town, and its enclosure really is impressive. Surely this offered a beautiful setting for the images of the summit. That said, the family photo of the leaders of 44 European countries on the 6th of October was perhaps the most meaningful outcome of the meeting. In front of the cameras, the leaders congratulated each other and expressed their satisfaction with the meeting. This is so important to discuss among friends in these complex times, they said. The European political community was conceived as a platform for political coordination for European countries across the continent, as the EU first described it. Its aim is to address issues of common interests, among which the security of the European continent. When the leaders arrived one by one at the castle and made their usual press statements, Russia, war and Putin were on everyone's lips. The war and its global consequences forced politics to try and find new ways to strengthen their resilience. European states can be strong then, when they have solutions for the entire continent. This is the Swiss President Ignacio Cassis, saying that we can only be stronger by looking for solutions together. He took part to the meeting and to a roundtable about energy and economy. Right after this session and before a fancy dinner with the 43 other heads of state, he was among the few addressing the press. So I took the chance to ask him, how could the EPC evolve in the next years? This is too early to say for him, who talked about a test balloon.
1: We are trying to sit together on a topic where we share the same destiny, the energy crisis that follows the war. It is a common destiny. We all need each other. What I have really understood is that we are members of the same family and, as this same family no longer rules the planet, but is in competition with other large countries in a great geopolitical game, we must try to meet each other to talk to each other, to find common solutions.
0: Let's go back in time for a minute to see how the EPC started. It was French President Macron who introduced the concept of a European political community on the 9th of May 2022, at the closing event of the Conference on the Future of Europe. His idea was to bring Europe together on the basis of its geography and its democratic values. Other characters, such as the former Italian Prime Minister Enrico Letta, had already imagined a new structure parallel to the enlargement process. It's important to remember that joining the EU for real takes years and sometimes decades, as I had already explained in a previous episode. So in June, when the 27 leaders gathered in Brussels endorsed the idea of Macron and committed to working towards its establishment, researchers and specialists in EU enlargement policies so the opportunity to revive the enlargement process. Brussels-based think tank Bruegel but also Paris-based Institut Jacques Delors envisioned a differentiated level of EU integration in the idea of the EPC, a formula that would allow the EU to revise its decision-making process and open up some of it to other non-EU countries. At the end, the EPC does not really reflect these expectations it has shifted towards something broader, but also more vague. It went far beyond the discussion of enlargement. If you take a look at the 44 guests, they are as diverse in nature as in their relationship with the EU from Switzerland, which never wanted to join the EU, but feels close to it in terms of values, to Turkey, which has been in discussion to join the EU, but remains too far from it in terms of democratic principles. It seems clear to everyone that the EPC will not be a replacement for or an alternative to the enlargement process. However, this forum will obviously be a practical, more flexible and informal platform for EU candidates to engage with the bloc. Before the Prague meeting even started, observers wondered how EU-centric this forum would be. First of all, it was the Czech Republic of the EU Council which was responsible for organizing the first meeting. It was then decided in Prague when the next ones would happen. The second meeting will take place next spring in Moldova's capital, Chișinău, which has offered to host it. Then in Spain, when the country holds the EU Council presidency, and then in the UK. The so-called EU-centricness was discussed at large among journalists, in press conferences, but also outside the castle at different events that took place before and after the Prague meeting. The European Policy Centre, and mind here, its acronym also is EPC, organized a debate with experts the day after the summit, which I was glad to follow online from the castle press room. And there, the four panellists invited agreed that this is a parallel project to that of the EU which does not intend to convert into one. But I was still struggling to understand how the EU would not be tempted to replicate its model somehow. I put that question and others to the panelists, and one of them, Ilke Toygur, who is a senior associate with the Center for Strategic and International Studies, recalled that it was the EU who gave birth to the EPC. Plus, more than half of the members belong to the bloc, so that gives the EU a certain role. And the question of the proximity of certain countries to the EU will therefore arise at some point.
2: If we want to go further with energy, uh, migration, uh, and and other geopolitical challenges that we mentioned, we are very much entering the the, the competences of the EU, and we are getting very much close to the, the the job definition of the European Commission. Then we will, of course, see if how much these institutions will get into this, but as long as the, the EU centricness increases, we should be very much aware that these countries should accept certain co- co- conditions to participate in, 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 in such initiatives. Turkey, United Kingdom and all the other non-EU countries should be on the table because this initiative is continental. But if it becomes EU-centric, it is quite important that the EU's own principles, institutions and policies are not undermined.
0: The Prague summit didn't bring many concrete answers as for how things will proceed from now on. The Russian crisis has surely served as the glue for these foundations of the EPC. Politicians understand that they need to join forces to tackle crucial issues such as energy and to counter propaganda and threats from Russia. Before leaving for Prague, I had listened to a debate moderated by my colleagues from Belgian RTBF with François Roux, a Belgian ambassador and political analyst. He also was the chief of staff in the cabinet of the president of the European Council, Charles Michel, until June 2020. And for him, this summit gathering is a great geopolitical moment.
1: I don't think we can talk about a a anti-Poutine uh, It is not that we can speak of an anti-Putin coalition, even if the objective of this meeting of these 44 heads of states and government is indeed to take a position on the destabilization of Europe. But once again, by fixing the borders and removing all these grey areas, and I'm thinking, for example, of Georgia, I'm thinking of Moldova, I'm thinking even of countries like Finland. So in all these zones, there is a border that will have to be drawn. And the member states must position themselves in relation to this border they are in or out they will have to say so so in that sense it is a great moment of geopolitical movement
0: in prague most of the 44 guests showed unity in responding to russia's war in ukraine in terms of actions in different countries the level of alignment with sanctions varies This is why showing unity has added value, according to Macron, because, as he put it, there were sometimes doubts about it.
2: The
0: summit ended with the leaders converging on their need to step up their collaboration on a few concrete topics, such as the protection of their critical infrastructure or their energy strategy. But they didn't put this in writing, as it is usually done after summits. And the modalities of this joint collaboration in the coming months remain largely unknown. All leaders agreed to tell the press that no institutional thinking was needed at the moment. The meeting in itself is already the signal, as an EU official told us. Still, many observers think that some structure will be needed at some point to take decisions. This is the case of French MEP Christophe Grudler from the Renew Europe political group.
1: If we want to get out of the mere discussion, there is perhaps a moment when we should find a way to deliberate, obviously, with respect for everyone. I insist on that. But I think that this is something that really goes in the right direction, provided that we do not turn it into a European Union bis and that the spirit of solidarity prevails.
0: Political scientist and professor at the University of Graz in Austria, Florian Bieber, expressed a few of these fears during the same event hosted by the European Policy Centre. I already had the chance to discuss with Florian Bieber over enlargement matters for a previous episode of Voices from Brussels. For him, creating another collaboration or alliance format parallel to the EU also risks multiplying structures and confusing the citizens. Remember, G7, the OSCE, the Council of Europe, and the UN are all intergovernmental alliances that struggle to find consensus and take meaningful decisions, mainly because of their large membership. Florian Bieber suggests using one of these existing platforms to avoid creating another one. The Council of Europe only counts three more states than the EPC, which are Andorra, Monaco, and San Marino. Now, Kosovo, who participated in the EPC, is not a member of the Council of Europe, but is applying for membership.
3: It would have been a much wiser choice to revamp the Council of Europe and have an annual or biannual high high political summit of Council of Europe member states. Council of Europe is committed to democracy. It has a secretariat. It has treaties. It has human rights protection standards. It has um, tools to fight corruption. It has tools to deal with minority rights. It has a parliamentary assembly which brings together not just heads of government but also um, parliamentarians. So it, 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 it kind of begs uh, question: Why create something else when you have a structure which has been around for 70 years now and which, you know, which got a huge boost after the end of the Cold War and then kind of been forgotten? But you know, that, that would be an opportunity to revise the Council of Europe.
0: This may sound very practical. But there is a high chance that members will not want to work within a specific framework with clear deliverables in sight. At least this is the signal they have been sending so far. And for Ilke Toygur, this is not necessarily a bad thing, as long as there are substantial discussions happening.
2: For for the months or years to come, there is also a role definition is needed, and I think the European political community has added value beyond the Council of Europe, and that added value is mainly for me based on all these concrete policy discussions that might take place from energy to migration, to economy, to securing supply chains, to fight against climate change, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera.
0: At this event, but also during a second one hosted by the Centre for European Policy Studies a few days after, Ilke Toygur and other experts used the term «talking shop» to describe the EPC. The leaders understand that it will be complex to go beyond that. They also know that there are strong differences in vision among the participants. Therefore, a step-by-step approach is now favoured. For instance, the president of the European Council, And the French president had the leaders of Azerbaijan and Armenia sitting at the same table at the Prague Summit to try to resolve the major conflict between their two nations. And this was surely an interesting initiative brought by the summit. Another positive element worth noting is that we have seen the great return of the UK, with which the EU has had difficult relations since Brexit. I hope you got the gist of what happened in Prague on the 6th of October with this episode. I will follow closely the developments of the EBC from Brussels or elsewhere. A bientôt.